What can a stripper and an exhibitionist teach us about marketing? Stay tuned to find out. Being an entrepreneur sounds like, yes, another new client. I did it. But it can also sound like, I am really not understanding this technology. And I'm feeling so overwhelmed. Am I even cut out for this? That's why I started the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast to help infopreneurs, coaches, and course creators who want to build a business online but are battling technology, overwhelm, procrastination, and even imposter syndrome. Think successfully, think differently, think bigger, and take action by learning tips from an array of business owners, all dropping knowledge on the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. What is up? What is up? What the hell is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to another dose of Tease Them Before You Please Them Learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman. And yeah, most of you know, and if you're new here, I've been in the coaching course creation and online space since like the 90s. Yeah, got a little experience. I'm just saying. But here I am still learning. And that's why I'm here is to... share with you what I have learned and what I'm still learning about course creation, coaching, entrepreneurship, and infopreneurship, which begs the question, who are you? And to me, my friend, that is infinitely more important. To me, you are a driven entrepreneur. More specifically, an infopreneur either with or seeking a coaching and course creation model in your business, or perhaps you're just hoping to have that very, very soon. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, and just start loving up with some great marketing, personal or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire. It absolutely deserves to be. And that's why I'm here hitting you with another solo success episode coming to you straight from the Dark, Dark Horse HQ as we dive deep into your infopreneur and course creation success and marketing success too, right? And with some actionable advice, some tips, some steps, all designed to help you level up your game. Why? Well, because as we already know, there are no shortcuts to success except for taking that little step towards goal every single day. Okay, so, so many of us want more sales, right? We want, we want to help each other. And I really believe that if you're the kind of person that's listening to this particular show, you are coming from a point of service, Right, and that point of service needs to pay the bills. Uh, we talked about yesterday. It's okay. You you want to earn some money. You want to make some money. You you got bills you got to pay, um, but you're coming at it from a point of service. And to, to be able to serve those folks, you got to reach them, and you gotta make them a little curious. Hence the title of this particular episode: the crafty curiosity creates copious clicks. Or what a stripper and an exhibitionist can teach you about marketing, if for no other reason. That second part might make you go, wait a minute, what is he, what? <laughs> and here's, here's where I'm going with this. Uh, not so long ago, I received an email from an entrepreneur magazine store. And in the subject line, it said, six useful things you never knew you needed. Yeah. Yeah, I clicked on it. And do you know why I clicked on it? Curiosity. If you can build curiosity into your headlines, yeah, I wanted to know what was the things that I didn't know I needed. But Coming back, if you could build that curiosity into your headlines, into your subject lines, you, my friend, will get more clicks. You will get more people reading your emails, listening to your podcast episodes, listening to your Facebook lives, whatever it may be. 
but that's, I, I know, I, I can hear you now. How do you create that curiosity? Well, that's what I wanted to know. So what did I do? Yeah, I Googled it. And I found myself reading something about uh, Carnegie Mellon, excuse me, Carnegie Mellon, uh, the psychiatrist, and George Lewinsky uh, called something they called the curiosity gap. Now, essentially, this curiosity gap is when you discover that you're missing some valuable piece of knowledge. For example, you read the subject line, the blog post title, the headline, or the call to action, and you realize you don't quite know what's on the other side. This creates some sort of internal pain, you might say, internal motivation, this, uh, to, right? this motivation to move forward to relieve that pain that you have just got to click through. You have to discover what you're missing. Now, a follow-up study from Caltech shows that curiosity increases to a point as knowledge increases, then it drops off. Okay, it's the lack of information <laughs> that creates the curiosity. Ooh, it's magic dust right there, right? And when a significant amount of information is received, well, obviously, then the curiosity decreases. Now, for those of you who are as long in the tooth as I am, you'll remember a show called Let's Make a Deal. And I believe they actually did remake some of that, a version of that show. And I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch the remake, but I can talk to the old version. So ages ago, there was a television show called Let's Make a Deal. And it was really kind of cool because the people would dress up in these outrageous costumes and sit in the audience. And the reason for the outrageous costumes was in the hopes that the host would notice them and ask them to play the game. Right? There you have it. Bing, bang, boom. I'm going to create the most outrageous costume or outrageous sign so the host would see me and come over and say, hey, let's make a deal. Now, when the contestant played... It was so many different silly games. Among all the other silly things that they were asked to do, things like choose a box, A, B, or C, and that box could be right in front of them. It could be down at the end of the aisle from them. It could be up on the stage, depending on the size, or maybe it's, you know, doors one, two, or three, or A, B, whatever it is. Now, there was usually a com combination of either awful stuff in those boxes and behind those doors or completely amazing items where you're like, oh my God, I, I would stop right there and go home a complete winner, right? Now, it was the curiosity gap that would keep me watching this show and keep so many millions of others watching this show because they, just like me, had to know what was hiding behind that next door, inside that next box, whether or not con the contestant chose correctly because they were they were offered hey you've got this amazing mercedes-benz or hyundai or gia whatever the vehicle was or do you want what's inside this box now mind you given the show just because the box is smaller than the car does not mean it wouldn't be better right it could have been a little car that said you got a ten thousand dollar trip to you know around the world or whatever it was all those doors, all those boxes just kept coming too. So it created this continuous roller coaster of needing to know, needing to find out, and needing to know it all over and over and over and over again. The show was silly, it was stupid, but it was highly addictive. And I think that combination of things is what's made it highly successful. So, what are the things that you need to know uh, or need to create? 
curiosity, or even better, curiosity on demand. I think you need two things, really. First thing you're going to need to make someone curious is to create a gap between what they know and what they want to know, right? Just like the headline says, crafty curiosity creates copious clicks, right? You can imagine what that means, but you don't know. So you click play to find out, and here you are, eight and a half minutes into the show, and we're chatting about it. Number two, to maintain the curiosity, you want to drip, drip, drip the information a little at a time without giving away too much too fast, right? Now, I know this is, this is probably a bit of an over, oversimplification. So let's look at some examples of how you might do this, right? Let's say you're beginning to tell a story and you pause at that climactic moment and you delay the conclusion of the story until later. And sometimes you do that Till much later. We've seen movies do that, right? You go to the movie, you've you've seen the trailer, you're like hooked, and you're like, okay, or, or you know the movie and you've just been waiting for it. And they start the movie off. And start the movie off at probably one of the most action-packed, almost like that climactic moments. And you, you see the, the car races and the fights and the things going on. And then they cut to the beginning of the movie. You're like, what? Wait, I gotta find out how that how that ended. Well, they're going to tell you about 120 minutes later, <laughs> okay? So sometimes it's that much later. You could do something like, maybe you're giving a presentation, you go, as I hung in the air, my sweaty hands slipped off the concrete ledge. All I could think about was the sound my body was going to make when it slammed on the sidewalk 10 stories below. Oh, wait a minute, wait, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. First, let's talk about, right now, you, they're picturing me tumbling to my death 10 stories. How did I get there? Before they find out how I survived it, obviously, because I'm standing here talking to you, let's take them back, right? So you've, you've got that curiosity going. You could connect two things that really don't make any sense and provide an unexpected outcome. I did that at the beginning of the show, right? I talked about what can a stripper and an ex-business teach you about marketing. I haven't told you yet. We're still here, right? You can connect two things, that don't make sense and provide an unexpected outcome. For example, here's another one. How to double your sales or double your sales page conversion rate by using apple cider, vinegar, and a camera, right? And you can withhold that information for a period of time. I haven't told you about the stripper yet, have I? You're still here. We're at 1051 and counting, right? You can hold you, know, you can hold it for a period of time. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to reveal the exact three words that will make any man fall in love with you or woman. But before I do, I need to tell you this story. Huh? Now you're going to withhold that information. They're waiting to hear those three little words. And you might introduce something new to the readers, um, into their knowledge or previous. You want to introduce something new to the readers that their existing knowledge or their previous uh, experiences cannot explain. Hmm? Here's an example of that. Instead of paying for traffic, get paid up front to drive traffic to your own website and your own offers. No, Okay, I, seriously, I, I know I just made that one up, but I need someone right now to figure out how that works because somehow it sounds like it could, and I'm super curious about how it could work. Aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you get me? All right, let me leave you with some, well, let me give you a few tips for creating curiosity. 
I would highly recommend that you start a curiosity swipe file. Now, many of you know, uh, I'm an avid journaler. I like to journal. I keep my uh, little journal, my little book around with me everywhere. And uh, most recently, I have uh, I used the audiobook called The Bullet Journal. Highly recommend it for anyone who enjoys journaling or has toyed with the idea of journaling because uh, I have gone through journaling, my goodness, since the 80s, 90s, and it's changed. And I've tried various different journals. This is a quick sidebar. Sorry for you, everybody that's waiting for the curiosity piece. Um, but I found this audiobook, again, it's called The Bullet Journal, to be the most flexible system around. So go check it out. Anyway, so, and I say that, all that because that's where I'm, building my curiosity swipe file. When I see something that is an amazing headline or a something makes me think of a sentence that provokes my own curiosity, I write it down into my curi my curiosity collection, right? It's just a little couple of pages in my journal that wherever I hear something or see something or just think of it myself, I write it down. Now, you want to make your information personally relevant. Here's an example. The secret ingredient to killer brownies. Well, that's interesting. But you will make the best brownies of your life with this secret ingredient. Hmm, that's more personal. Oh, because as I'm reading, imagine you're the person that's reading that. I will. I'll make the best brownies of my life with that one secret. Okay, let's try that out. You want to offer the promise of something worthwhile to the recipient, to the reader, to the listener, whatever it is. Use visuals to create the mystery and the curiosity. If you'll notice the, uh, the recent podcast episodes, I've started, uh, I took my face off of there. I, I know I'm good looking. I, I get it. But you're not interested in my good looking face. You're interested in the content. And so I, I started adding a simple graphic and some words that would tease that content, raise that curiosity. And I've seen a little bump in listenership. Uh, there you go. So use those visuals to create mystery and curiosity. Be different. Everyone else keeps their face on their podcast artwork. On my main page podcast artwork, it's there. But on the individual episodes, because I figure if you're interested enough to look at the individual episode, you don't care about my face. You want to know what's going on inside the episode, right? Be different. Don't use material easily found everywhere else, right? You've heard me mention this a number of times where you go out and you do your research and you add something that's uniquely you. So while you may have found it, that everyone else can find it, you figured out a way to do it a little differently. That secret ingredient in the brownie could be, I don't know, molasses. Very, very available. Many people use it. Maybe you have a special way to do it. Hmm? Okay. Make this information, this, this little tease that you're doing interesting enticing and eye-opening if you can get them to ask what's this the click that, you, that, that that'll just happen and your job my friend is done now i know why is curiosity important in your marketing well it increases the clicks of your emails number one right it gets people reading and consuming your content. So this goes beyond just emails. This could be out there in your social media because it increases the engagement in your social media. I've started altering the way I put the little blurb in my, uh, in my, in my podcast episodes. You say, hey, Tracy shares this. Well, I started changing it a little bit more recently to invoke more of this curiosity. And again, see the left. 
Okay. It increases your share on social media as well as your engagement. It gets people reading and consuming your stuff. Yeah. I repeated that one. Can you guess why I repeated it? Okay. One more thing. Curiosity built Apple. Yeah. The amazing company whose product so many of us use uh, was built by Curiosity. Steve Jobs was a master at exploiting Curiosity. He would hint to a new product. We've all experienced it over the years. Um, He would leak out a product prototype and then embargo all the official information between the demo and the product release. People would go crazy. They'd go nuts with their their importations, (laughs) their interpretations, their speculations, their thoughts, their wishes, their hopes. They would discuss the new product on social media and create all this buzz. People by then had millions of people ready to buy the product before the product was even released. Huh? Curiosity built Apple. All right, so let's get around to Curiosity and the stripper. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Now, if you all remember about creating Curiosity, if you remember anything, I want you to remember this. It will be enough to vastly improve your marketing skills. Just if you can invoke curiosity, that will be enough to massively improve your marketing skills. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine two strippers. Now, keep this G-rated. I I will keep this G-rated. You're happy to do whatever you want in your mind. Um, I'll leave it to you to fill in the blanks here, what they look like, uh, what they're dressed like, what they're not dressed like. Can you see the two strippers in your mind? Okay. All right. Now, if you're driving, please do not close your eyes. Uh, imagine maybe this stripper sitting next to you in the car and the other one in the back seat and you're looking in the rearview mirror. Whatever it is, keep be safe out there. Okay, I want you to have one stripper immediately remove all his or her closing, clothing. Hmm? Ta-da! No buildup, no curiosity. That's all there is. Thank, thank you for coming, right? Now, I want you to realize this person isn't a stripper. This person is an exhibitionist. <sighs> Yeah, so what, Tracy? Big deal. Now, let's go to that other stripper. Let's put the exhibitionist in the back seat if you're driving and put the other stripper in the front seat next to you. I want you to imagine this stripper slowly reaching up to take off that first piece of clothing. One button, one snap. Just slowly revealing, right? 20, maybe they're taking 10 minutes to remove that first piece of clothing. Yeah. That 20 minutes, that's 20 minutes of of teasing. That's 20 minutes of anticipation. That's 20 minutes of wondering which article of clothing is coming off next and what, if anything, is beneath it. Is there a tattoo? Is there a scar? Is there a tan? Is there a tan line? Is there no tan? Is there uh, six-pack abs? I don't know, right? You already know what I'm what I'm going to ask. Which one of these strippers did you essentially ignore? And which one did you pay attention to for 20 minutes? Or in this case, probably the past three or four minutes. Yeah. So in marketing, I don't want you to be an exhibitionist. I don't want you to be out there in your rain jacket going, da-da. No. Be the stripper. You might write that down. Yeah, write that down in your journal, in your bullet journal, right? 
just it's going to be funny, especially if you're still if you're still doing the nine to five, and this your this is your um, investigative effort to do the cubicle escape. Write down, be a stripper on a post-it, and leave it on your desk. Hmm? Then again, if you have a spouse, you might not want to do that, or you could explain it before they find it. Okay, but that's the point. You want to be the stripper, right? Belly dancers are really good at this, right? They show you just enough and maybe they start to take off and they're kind of being the stripper and they're wiggling the hips and they're shaking the body and they're doing all those those body contortion things that they do that are just amazing to watch but you never get to the naughtiness do you huh be a stripper all right some subject lines that you could use to inspire curiosity i'm gonna give you all the goods today now Here's one thing I want you to remember. Nowhere else is it more important to inspire curiosity than it is in your subject lines. If people aren't curious, they're not even going to open the damn email. They're not going to read your message, and they're never, ever going to click your link. If they don't open the email, they're not even going to know there's a link in there, right? It all begins with creating that curiosity in those few words that they see in their inbox. They always see the header. And nothing else. They'll see that header. So let me give you a few subject lines that you can start. Yeah, you can start with right. Uh, simply replace replace some of the words with your own words. For example, kindly don't open this email. Right <laughs> there, you go. And you can replace with open this email to kindly don't uh, listen to this podcast. Kindly don't pay attention to me. Kindly don't whatever. Right? It could be coming in. Kindly don't go to bed. Do this instead. Kindly don't join us unless you have what it takes. Kindly don't run naked through the streets. Yeah, I, I, I wrote that one down because I opened that email. Okay. Uh, here's some other ones. Um, 80 likes to 4,508 likes. Say what? And you can change those numbers, right? You could say one like to 100 likes. And then say what? Okay. Then here's another one. Black Friday shoppers are the worst customers. Hmm? And you could replace that with any event, uh, any sales event, right? Uh, Valentine shoppers are the worst husbands. You know, Valentine shoppers are the worst wives. You could replace customers or you can replace Black Friday shoppers. I'll probably, I, I have a whole bunch of these. Maybe I'll just put these in the show notes so you can go, um, you can go review them after listening. I'll, I'll drop you a couple of more here in case you don't want to do that. But what I'll do is I'll put a link down in the show notes so you can click over there, take you to the website, darkhorseschooling.com and right to this episode's page and you can see these all listed out. Feel free to copy them, right? Did you hear the story? Well, whatever the story is, did you hear about Rhonda divorcing Jane? Hmm? Did you hear that Apple might be sold to HP? Oh, right? Did you hear? Hmm? Okay. Are you eating and then you put whatever you think is poison? Are you eating poison? Are you eating vegetables? Uh, are you eating yourself to death? Are you... Huh? Anything. Uh, let's see. Let's... Everyone's going to ask you about and then whatever about is. Everyone's going to ask you about this podcast episode. Everyone's going to ask you about your underwear. Whatever it might be, right? It's curiosity. Uh, I'm scanning down my list right here and go, "Ah, you've never seen a blank this color. That could be anything. You've never seen a suit this color. 
you've never seen a, a podcast episode this color? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, you've never seen a shirt this color. You've never seen a blush this color. Huh? Whatever niche you're in, put that right there. You've never seen a gun this color. And maybe you're a gun advocate. I don't know. And again, uh, I come back to don't open this email. Don't open this social media posts, right? There's a whole bunch of them. I won't bore you with them. Um, the best headline formulas to invoke curiosity. Let me give you a handful of these and we'll probably end this episode on this. Um, the X best ways to get blank without blank. It's a formula, right? Uh, it could You take that formula and you fill in the X and the two blanks. You could get something like the 10 best ways to get ripped without a gym membership. The five best ways to increase conversions without testing. So curiosity there. Here's another one. You're running out of blank. Here's how to fix it. All right? So fill in the blank. You're running out of time. Here's how to avoid missing out. You're running out of energy. Here's how to feel better fast. Okay? Um, here's another one. You need to talk about blank. It's a blank. Right? And now everyone's going, why? That makes no sense. Here you go. You need to talk about AI. It's a game changer. You need to talk about your business because it's about to double. Oh, I need to know that one, right? Here's one. I'll, and I will stop at this. And again, I'll, I'll put the link down in the show notes so you can read a bunch of these and their examples. X of the blank, blank, you'll find today. What? That makes no sense, Tracy. 10 of the weirdest marking posts you'll find today, that you'll read today, right? So there's two blanks. X of the blank, adjective, blank, topic, you'll find today. X Ten of the most dangerous foods you'll find in your cupboard today. That's an easy one. I can sit there and fill that one out right now. What never to do blank. Hmm? What never to do on an angry girlfriend. What never to do in your marketing. What never to eat on a plane. What never to say to that angry girlfriend. Right? You, you, you feeling me? These can create that curiosity for you. And... Two things I want to leave you with here. And if you're still listening right now, thank you very much. I want to leave you with some more tips for creating curiosity in your marketing. And then the three steps to stimulating that curiosity, right? So we're going to go for the first one first. Tips for becoming, for creating curiosity in your marketing. One, become a storyteller. Yeah. Stories connect the people. And the best stories arouse curiosity in the listener. Wow, my tongue tripped over my eye teeth once again, and I couldn't see what I was saying. Um, I try to uh, inject stories, whether they're mine or other people's stories, into this podcast frequently to help prove a point, help share a point, help keep you entertained and keep you curious. Remember that people want to connect the dots, right? And when they can't, your curiosity is powerful enough to motivate them to take that next step, whether that's opening an email, going to a link, or reading further. Right? Like I said, I'm going to be dropping that link down in the show notes so you can see all of these things listed out for you. Huh? Curiosity. Um, when you're building curiosity, use your own words and be authentic. Be you. Right? If you're listening to this show for longer than two episodes, you're going to know that's one of my mantras. People trust others who seem real. And they're way more likely to read your entire article, listen to your entire podcast episode, or watch your entire video, maybe just because you're being authentic. When you're being you, it's easy to attract your tribe. 
you're just going to put out you energy and someone's going to resonate with that energy and they're going to be drawn to you, not to the fake you, right? Um, spend some time on Upworthy or BuzzFeed and see Curiosity Marketing in action. They, they do a lot of that. You can leverage some of those opportunities into your business or your niche, okay? Uh, people will remember, um, oh, see, people remember unfinished tasks better than finished tasks. For example, once you take out the garbage, you forget about it, right? You Maybe your significant other has been nagging at you all morning long. Don't forget to take out the garbage. Remember to take out the garbage. Last night, they reminded you again, okay? But until you do take it out, it's nagging at you to get it done, okay? Start your content with something, something, anything that builds curiosity. Remember the stripper then and the uh, exhibitionist? Hmm? Don't finish it until later so that your readers will remember it or your listeners, or your viewers, okay? Uh, don't confuse curiosity marketing with clickbait. Big difference, right? Not clickbait. Uh, clickbait is, you know, that bait and switch thing. Curiosity delivers on promises made, while clickbait, yeah, it doesn't do that. Curiosity is satisfied to the reader or the viewer or the listener because their curiosity is eventually satisfied where that clickbait, yeah, like I said, it's a bait and switch. It's a promise of something fascinating. Ooh, I want to check that out. But it's never fulfilled, right? So don't be clickbaity. Um, curiosity marketing uses truth. Clickbait uses lies, all right? So again, you want to be authentic. Um, curiosity leads to way more page views, way more traffic, way more listens. I'm speaking from experience, regardless of whether you use it on your landing pages, your blog posts, your product pages, your, your podcast episodes, or social media, or any place else. You simply must use curiosity if you want to be successful with your content marketing. You could probably be successful without it, but it'll be a lot more difficult. Okay? Far more difficult. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Your content uh, will likely be shared and even has a higher uh, opportunity to go viral if it incorporates curiosity, right? The use of curiosity in marketing is... To me, no longer optional. If you want to compete in this very competitive market that's out there nowadays, so combine curiosity with any of the six emotions, and it will be remembered even after the reader is finished with the content. They click that big X and they're done. Uh, and the uh, obviously the, the the six emotions are joy, anger, fear, disgust, shock, and sadness. <gasps> Okay, so use those with that curiosity. Combine those two things together and it'll be remembered far longer than if you didn't. Use curiosity in your marketing because it's going to increase your brand awareness and its credibility. Because you're not using that clickbait, people are going to click on that and go, okay, am I being pulled into something here that's just bullshit? And you deliver on that curiosity. Ah, your brand awareness goes up and your your credibility goes up because you delivered on the promise that curiosity created, okay? So while curiosity in your ads increases clicks, you've also got to be sure that you're still precisely targeting the ideal customer and not just all the people in general, or you might get a whole lot of traffic and very few sales, all right? Okay, now... The three tips that I said, the three tips of stimulating curiosity are, one, I want you to violate the expectations of your target audience. Yeah, what? Yeah, violate the expectations. The expectations of my audience, 
are not to hear about strippers and exhibitionists. Totally violated. Curiosity is stimulated when common beliefs are challenged. Okay? So here's an example. Improve your conversions with a good landing page. That doesn't challenge anything. That's nothing your audience doesn't already know. Now, if you tried a, a different headline that was... This diabolically simple landing page tweak increases profits by 15% in 15 minutes. Whoa. Which one do you want to check out? Yeah, that headline contains information your readers do not expect and thus provokes that curiosity. The episode yesterday, right, that I, I, I put out just yesterday, that one invokes curiosity, right? Oh, I'm not trying to remember right now. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, yeah, the pricing, right? The pricing trick, or it was this pricing trick doubled sales. Right? Short, sweet, simple. What pricing trick? It doubled? Nah, can't. Totally delivered on that curiosity and gave it to him. And then if, if we look at a couple of previous episodes, right? 371, do not make this discounting mistake. What? Oh, oh I just did a discount on my product. Did I make that mistake? Right, And then also added to that one, how to keep members around longer. Well, I'm getting ready to launch my membership site. How do I do that? Whoa. See, that's, so it's all leveraging that curiosity and it's, it's violating their expectations at the same time. How can a simple pricing trick double my sales? No way. Right? It's very doable. It's been done many times. Right? I'm, a, I'm a testament to it. All right, so number two, you want to entice them with that knowledge gap we talked about earlier. Okay, because curiosity is inconsistent from one person to another, you've also got to convince your readers that their knowledge doesn't include what you have to offer. People think they know way more than they do. Now, there's lots of folks out there that are far more knowledgeable than you, don't get me wrong, but they don't know everything. They might not know one of your simple little tips. Thus, if a headline is something like, oh, the five social media tips you should know, there's going to be a portion of your audience that doesn't feel the need to click that link because they're confident they already have all this knowledge. But, simple tweak. If your headline is five upside down backwards social media tips from a cranky social media billionaire, oh, they might. That is going to open up a knowledge gap. Upside down? What do you mean by upside down? A cranky social media millionaire or billionaire Wait a minute, I am not there yet. I have got to read this, right? So create that knowledge gap that um, opens up that curiosity even when they have a good base knowledge, all right? And then know when to conclude. Now, I'm 35 minutes into this and I should have known when to conclude already, but I want to give you the value of this because you're taking the time to listen and I want to be sure to deliver a reader or a viewer's curiosity, yeah, it's not going to last forever. That's why I teased these three tips probably about 10 minutes ago so that you might hang on a little bit longer and listen a little bit longer, okay? You ever watched a sales video and it promised you this great secret you were dying to know, but 15 minutes later, they still hadn't told you what it was <sighs> and maybe even didn't even give you an ounce of usable information? Odds are, yeah. You click that big red X and you bailed out. You're like, later, whatever it is. And you started Googling it and found it yourself. I don't know. Uh, I know you closed it. And I know it wasn't too, you weren't too pleased with that product seller either, were you? No. Yeah, I've been there. I get you. Okay. You can let your reader know the answer they seek is coming. The end is right around the corner for this particular podcast episode. I want to give you this last tip. 
But first, you need to cover some other related ground. And as long as you keep it interesting, as long as you keep it informative with each sentence enticing them to, to listen a little longer, to read a little more, they'll stick with you for the entire time. But don't wait forever. Don't wait forever to close that curiosity gap. Otherwise, they're going to close your window, your website, your podcast episode, right? And as you get better at working with curiosity, you'll learn up to learn how to open new curiosity gaps the moment you close a previous one. Huh? So when I closed the stripper and the uh, exhibitionist gap, I started telling you, look, I want to tell you about some tips of creating curiosity in your marketing, and I want to give you three steps to stimulating curiosity. So I, oh, I closed one, and I opened up a new one. Now, a lot of times what you want to do is you want to open up the new one before you close that one. You want to open up a new one and then immediately close the old one. Because some folks, as soon as you close the old one, are like, okay, cool, I'm out. And they're gone. Okay, so I might have lost a few folks. Who knows? Okay. But that's not how you did it with this. One. Anyway, live and learn. Uh, think about all the movies and shows, especially the um, series that are out there. Uh, fiction authors, they use this tactic all the time to hold the readers spellbound through hundreds of pages of storytelling or hundreds of hours of story viewing in the case of these shows. I mean, especially these drama police shows that I am sadly hooked on. Anyway, all right, so I don't want to bore you too much more. There you got all those three tips, and I'm just going to synopsize them right here. You want to violate the expectations of your target audience. You want to entice them with a knowledge gap, even if they're knowledgeable, right? And then you want to know when to conclude. And that, my friend, is me knowing when to conclude. Yeah? All right. So you get out there, you run your race, and you get your results. And then and, and come tell me, Tracy at DarkHorseSchooling.com. I want you to tell me what tip or idea you came away with, how you put it in action, and what results you got from it. Who knows? May bring you on the show. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.